Hi everyone, my name is Noah, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Beer Nomad Podcast. I'm going to start by saying something that really shouldn't be controversial or surprising. I love beer, and I love to drink beer with people. And so, after working many different jobs in many different places, I decided to do the next logical thing, which was to A, buy a van, B, live in that van, and C, visit breweries, beer venues, and beer enthusiasts in general. I've come to the conclusion that there's a very human story behind every sip of beer. Thousands of conscious decisions that could have led people involved in the beer industry to end up elsewhere in life. Accounting, sales, the circus, perhaps, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but, but for whatever reason, they chose to stick with beer. The Beer Nomad grew from my desire to explore these stories. Yeah, we'll talk about beer, but the podcast is fundamentally about story. And why beer continues to play such a significant role in communities around the U.S. and beyond. With over now 7,000 microbreweries in the U.S. alone and growing, there's no shortage of fascinating tales to tell, people to meet, places to visit, and, as it is a given, to quote John Mulaney, pints to enjoy. The nature of these podcast recordings are nomadic inherently, and as a result, we record in many different locations with many different, I guess I'll call it, acoustic conditions, so you might notice a bit of a difference between each recording, but if you would, just pretend you're in the room with us and listen to the story, because at the end, that's what it's about, story. On a very personal note, I hope you all enjoy the podcast as much as I've enjoyed working on it. And now, let's hit the road. We start our podcast odyssey in the oldest barn in Iowa. Built in 1839, the three-story Luxembourg-style barn has been a pinnacle of the St. Donatus, Iowa community for generations. After serving as a hotel, community center, post office, and a general store, and most recently sitting vacant for years, beer enthusiasts Carrie and Don converted the location into a tap room and a venue, which serves local Iowan brews. Rather than ignore the history of the building, Carrie and Don fully embrace the barn's rustic atmosphere. Local limestone still lines the walls. The barn doors still very much feel like barn doors when you open and close them, and sitting inside with a beer feels just fantastic, <laughs> to be honest. It's great. And it, it, it feels great because it's about beer, and it's about people, which is really what this podcast is about, and what beer should be about. 
Carrie and Don plan to release their own brews in the near future. But until then, I'll belly up to the bar and enjoy the welcoming people, rustic environment, and thoughtfully selected tap list by yours truly, Carrie and Don. It's a cooler summer day when I pack my gear to talk to Carrie and Don. My destination is St. Donatus, Iowa, a town known for its status as a Luxembourger village. With a population of 120 as of the 2020 census, I'm looking forward to spending time in a, a smaller town. I always appreciate quiet. The drive is beautiful along the hilly Route 52. Small farms and homes are sprinkled throughout the landscape as I look around. I approach the center of the town and I pull up to the stone barn, which lies at the town's main crossroad. Carrie and Don meet me with smiles. We walk in together, up the many angular passages that lead to the main tap room. I set up my gear and we start to talk. I'm here with Carrie and Don, local co-owners of Beer in the Barn. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us. I wanted to start by talking about your life before. Mine's, mine's short because I've been in the automotive business for close to 40 years now. My brother and I owned a business in Dubuque, and we, we were very diversified that way. Uh, sold that business now a year ago, and... I currently work there is all. Okay. Okay. And, and, and Karen? My background is in human services and social work, and I've worn a lot of hats. I uh, was an investigator for a while. Um, I did some mental health therapy, and I did some work in higher education, and I moved back up to the Dubuque area and worked at Clark University for a while. Okay. So, so. You wouldn't think that those two backgrounds would emerge into something like this. And and I'm a little curious, how did this come about? How did you guys see this old barn uh, and think that this would be awesome, which eventually it, it was? I, I guess that being, being a lover of beer and then getting into home brewing, um, that passion kind of brought this about because you just just uh, wanted to take it another step further and, and go, I guess, turn pro. Yep, and we had, we had a lot of good feedback from friends and neighbors. We spent a lot of time serving beer at our house and thought, well, you know, we could do this someplace else besides our house. And so we started looking for a place to set up shop. And um, for those that are familiar with the Dubuque area, we were looking more at a model like uh, Jubeck um, mm-hmm. Brewing, just a little small place where people could come and spend some time and chat with each other and have a cold beer. Interesting. We we, we kind of were talking uh, when I did the photo shoot, what was it, a week ago now? Yeah. Um, and that was a high on your list of priorities, and it seems like that's what you guys have fostered here. Uh, anytime I, I was here, with the exception of today, because you aren't open, but there's there's regulars that come in. It's such a such a cool thing to have, especially in an area like Saint Donatus. It's definitely a, a wonderful small town community. Um, there's a lot of people 
who live here and a lot of people who return here to visit who um, have Luxembourg heritage. And so this is a historical district. The barn is on the historical register. And it's just amazing to see how connected those families and extended families still are to the mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. So that's been, that's been a, a really um, exciting thing for us because we're not Luxembourg and we were not part of that history. And, and now we've been able to, to become integrated with that and, and sort of accepted as, as the outsiders, right? We're not, we're not Luxembourgers, but, but. And, and on top of that, mm -hmm. we're not even from, from this area. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we got all the local support and they're so happy that we're here, uh, it, it just makes you feel good that uh, sure. um, yeah. so many, so many locals come in and are supporting us. Uh, you, you get it from even the city council here in town. Mm -hmm. the, the mayor comes over and <laughs> okay. he has a great time and he's sure. just, just uh, a super, super guy. And I yeah. think there was some hesitancy. The property was actually, it took us probably over two years to actually purchase the property. Wow. Um, there were a number of owners, um, so not just one person to deal with. And, and I think there was some hesitancy on their part with what was going to happen if they sold it. Okay. Because they'd spent some time over the years doing some preservation um, to both the barn and the guest house on the property. And the country of Luxembourg actually came over in the mid-90s and brought products from Luxembourg and helped them do some of the renovations and and build the, the property back up. And I think they were a little concerned about what was going to happen if they sold it to people they didn't know and who were from the outside and didn't have the Luxembourg history. And sure. Um, so it took us a couple of years to actually acquire the property. Although the beer scene in Luxembourg often gets overshadowed by its beer giant neighbors, Belgium and Germany, there's a rich 700-year-old history of brewing that continues today. The country mainly has a taste for pale lagers. And now, back to Carrie and Don as they talk about acquiring the building. I, I kind of put it to her that... We're not getting any younger, and mm -hmm. uh, if we're going to do this, we got to get going. And it was her birthday, and it's like, let's up our bid and see what happens one one final time. And it was accepted then. One thing I really enjoy, speaking of history, and you guys respecting that history, is is looking around, and and yes, you made changes. It's very comfortable, but the barn is very much a, a part of what the what the temp room and, and venue is. Right. We tried not to alter anything. It, you know, Don can attest to it. It's like every time they had to drill a hole in the, the side of the wall to vent something out, it's like, it was like, it, it made me cry. It's like, because it's such a beautiful structure and we didn't want to alter it. And so we have intentionally not changed anything on the interior. Um, we've supported things. Uh, renewed a few things, but tried to keep it in as much of its existing um, status as we were able to. Sure. I did want to ask, too, because you're the first brewery that I've uh, interviewed that hasn't released beers yet. You have 15 years of experience in the 
homebrewing industry. Right. Is there some excitement? Yes, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, but in the process of doing a brewery, and there's more involved than what sometimes we anticipated. So you, you keep coming up with dates, and it seems like we're always further behind than what we plan. <laughs> and uh, some of that is, well, it's inexperience with uh, trying to set up a brewery, and we try to do a lot of it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, we always get more behind. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there's, there's beauty in being naive, and then there's stress in being naive. So, you know, the, the, sure. the beauty of it is... Um, the excitement part of it. I think you hit it right on the head. It's like, it's exciting and we're going to do this. And I Mm -hmm. think had we spent a lot more time um, preemptively thinking about all of those little pieces that we're trying to put together now, we might've been a little more intimidated and and maybe not thought that we would tackle this big of a project. So a day by day kind of thing. Yeah. And it seems like you're a very good team. In that we were talking earlier, you're you're and the more technology end, and Don's the mechanical. Yeah, that 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 hits the nail on the head pretty much. I guess you know you go back to opening this brewery, and uh, we got behind too also because we opened the tap room, and that takes Mm -hmm. so much of your time running Mm -hmm. the tap room. And, you know, Carrie's ordering a beer and we're doing this and you're, you're open, you know, nearly what, 40 hours a week or so. And, uh, so that takes a lot of time up. Yeah. And until this year, Carrie was working full time and I'm, I'm still working a full time job. So mm. it, uh, and we run a guest house. Yes. We haven't even talked about the guest house. Yes. <laughs> so, and there's that, yes. So so tell me about that. It, it was part of the purchase with of the barn, right? Yeah. So the, the property um, was owned by Peter Galen, who moved from Luxembourg in 1846 and owned a lot of the property in the area and was quite a catalyst for bringing families here and developing the community and so he um, he built the guest house. Mm-hmm. Um, the barn, we've been told, by the Iowa Barn Foundation, was built in 1839. Um, so there's some conflictual research and literature out there stating that Peter Galen built the barn. Well, obviously, if it was built in 1839 and he didn't arrive until 1846, uh, one of those is wrong. So. Okay. But um, the, the, the title of Oldest Barn in Iowa was already given to it before we acquired the property. Mm-hmm. Again, that came from the Iowa Barn Foundation. So, But yeah, so it's, it's a pretty unique um, property. The, the guest house itself has been many things mm. in the community throughout the years. Okay. Um, sometimes it's been a guest house. Sometimes it's been uh, family living in the upper level. It's had a tavern in it, a gas station, a post office, a doll museum. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so it's it's got a really unique history, and um, when families uh, have have relatives coming back, they have a yeah. place to stay close. Um, but then also, you, we get uh, people from all around the country that come and just want to be out in the middle of nowhere because that's where we're at. <laughs> um, so, and they're just, I guess very surprised how nice it is and how cool a barn is to come out to and and have a beer you know just yeah uh, 
it seems like they go together very well. And they do. They do. We, and it's it's always fun to have people from the community who have moved away and who are older now and come back and tell all the stories about playing in the barn and, mm-hmm. and hide and seek. And, oh, there used to be an ice house in here. And I used to keep my horses in here and just oh lots, lots and lots of stories. So it's this always is, fun when they come back. This is the rabbit room, you know. Yeah. The, the uh, room we're sitting in is the rabbit room. The, yeah. the, the, can you Where explain they, <laughs> the rabbit room? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, there is a family who owned the property, and uh, they they kept their pet rabbits in this room when they were growing up. They so, raised rabbits. Wow. So when they when they wow. came back and and have seen seen the tap room and they just love it here, but they they're telling us, oh yeah, this is the rabbit room. <laughs> I thought I'd chime in with some rabbit facts quickly since we're talking about rabbits. Rabbits cannot drink beer. Do not try to give your rabbit your beer. Additionally, a bunny will hop when it's happy and do a twist midair. This action is appropriately, in my opinion, called a binky. And now, Don and Carrie look back at their experience. Looking back, is there anything that was unexpected? buying and developing this place in in a good or or bad way. I can't say there was unexpected, but sometimes when you started a project, it got more involved than you had planned. Sure. Uh, And I think, you know, as with anybody that's purchased a property and thinks they're just going to like fix a few things up and you start doing that. And once that's done, it's like, Oh yeah, well now that looks better. We need to do that. So, yeah. So yeah, it's been, and, and as Don mentioned earlier, when we weren't working, um, didn't have the tap room open, he and I did most of the work and we spent every waking moment down here Mm -hmm. making tables and, uh, scrubbing floors and putting beams in and, and doing yeah. things like that. And then once we opened, then, then we've kind of turned over some of that labor to, to other people along the way. But um, we still try to keep our finger on everything that still needs to get done. There has to be a lot of pride in that, especially doing it with, with someone that you enjoy doing it with. Yeah. I mean, and the other part about that is people always ask me, well, how long did it take you to do this? Or what did you have to all do to make it like this? And sometimes it's like, well, we did so much. I kind of forget sometimes what we all had to do to yeah, even get yeah. it to this point. So, yeah. yeah. yeah but. but, you know, it, it again, they've spent a lot of time over the years restoring. The, the roof was off the barn back in the late 70s um, for quite a period of time so there was some rotting with beams and the floors mm-hmm. and things like that and so some members of the community came together and and they spent a lot of time um restoring those portions of the barn and so it's it's really fun to have people come in they spent a lot of time looking up mm-hmm. and looking at the beams and yeah and and you know and so it's, it's like noticeable that yeah that that's a huge beam and that's that's one of the original ones and how did they make the ones that they replaced and you know and they were all hand hewn and and done done the way they did in the past but you can tell which ones are newer which ones are older and yeah um so you know it's there's been a lot of love put into this barn over the years sure and so people people take a lot of pride in the fact that it's still standing that yeah. it's here and didn't get knocked down because it, there was at one 
one point risk of it being torn down by the family that owned it. Okay. There was a really cool smokehouse out on the property as well. Um, and that was taken down and, and this was next in line. And unfortunately the owner, um, passed away suddenly. And so um. <clears throat> the next person who took ownership of the, the property decided to not remove the barn and to start the restoration with that. My gosh. And you guys are such an integral part of this building's past and, and, and future too. It's, I did want to ask before we wrap up, you work so hard and you have worked so hard to get this place up and running. And, and do, have you had a second to stop and look around and see how just fantastic this place is At, and all the work you put in? Every now and then, I have done it, I guess. You have never sat on the other side of the bar, you know, but I have sat on the other side mm-hmm. of the bar of when it would be slow and I'm not serving. And I like, this is a pretty cool place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when you're working, sometimes, yeah, you don't have time to take all that in. And, and, uh, but yeah, I, when you do stop and go, this is pretty cool. Early on, too, when we started, we had the big barn doors open. You're looking up at things. And I said to you, this is pretty cool. And she says to me, oh, so you're starting to get it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when we, when we bought it, Don always calls me the visionary because and, mm-hmm. and it, it was that way. And, um, mm. you know, you were asking about, do you ever notice things? And it's like, I do. It's like the barn has a feel. It has a personality. It has mm-hmm. a draw. And, and you know, other people will come in and say the same thing. We had someone in here a couple of weeks ago. She sobbed. She, oh. she, she just came in and she said, I was just overcome by the way I felt in here. And so mm-hmm. some people feel that some people are just here to drink. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I like my time here when, when we're not working. So I, I feel that every time I'm here, it's like, this is just it's awesome. And, and, but that was, that was our intention all along is mm-hmm. it's, it's too beautiful to be sitting here full of old restaurant furniture and tires and things that we took out <laughs> yeah. um, because we want people to come in and feel that way and to say, wow, this is cool. And to think that they built this that long ago and it's still here and that we get to come and enjoy it now. So many people come in and they're just surprised at first, I guess, how much room is actually in here with all the different levels. Mm-hmm. And they just like, I've been by that place for 50 years and I didn't know it looked like that. Right. So and, people uh, think barn, they think big open space, one yeah. one big room, and, and they're not um, always knowledgeable that it's a European structure. It's built like the barns in Europe. And you know, people lived in here with the animals and with the grains and it, it was all in one place and they didn't have separate buildings. And I'll say I was ignorant in that way when I came to take photos. I thought it was just a big, um, big room. A big room. And man, it was like a maze when I came in here and it was really surprising and awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Guys, I, I, I have to say I, I really, really appreciate what you've done and know that your work isn't not noticed because it's just beautiful and such a cool place thank you thank you so much and thank you so much for talking with me and best of luck i will be here when your brewery opens awesome (laughs) thank you don thank you thank you while you're in the saint Donatus area obviously you need to visit beer in the barn and say hi to carrie and don 
But right across the street, there's Kelmes Restaurant and Catering, which is a family-owned Luxembourg-inspired restaurant that's been in business for over 160 years. And just down the road, on Route 52, lies Crystal Lake Cave, which is the longest living show cavern in the state of Iowa. And I'll let you in on a little secret. Not many people know this, but you can literally get married inside of the cave. It's a really unique place to stop. So you can visit Beer in the Barn, say hi to Carrie and Don, obviously, and have a Wiener Schnitzel at Kelmes. Immediately after, you can go down the road and get married all in one day inside of a cave. If that's what you want. Thank you for listening to the Beer Nomad podcast. For further information on the Beer in the Barn, more interviews, and general updates, check out my Instagram at the Beer Nomad Van, or you can check out my website at thebeernomadvan.com. A new episode of the Beer Nomad podcast will be available every Tuesday. Until then, enjoy good beers and be good to each other. Cheers. Oh, it's time for.